Welcome everyone. We are about to begin by Hashem Shalom Bayer Shir number 314. We're going to talk today about the importance of sometimes resetting your marriage um, for Hassanim and Kalas before they get married or in, you're starting out. Then um, it's basically the idea of being educating them to set their marriage for success, to be on the right path. And for many of us here that have been married and married for a longer time and we feel that we made mistakes and uh, uh, made some wrong turns or whatever it is, it's sometimes important to just hit the reset button and it's doable, it could be done, and to reset it and marriages can turn 180 degrees for the better if it's done. So obviously, before you're married, you have to really think about these ideas we're talking about here, but even after marriage, for a long time, you could prioritize right now uh, and realize what needs to be done and um, and going forward, it could really be a beautiful thing. So, the first thing one needs to understand here is that there's a myth uh, that you could actually change your husband and wife. And the first thing you need to learn is you can't change them. Uh, you marry them as a husband, as a wife, they're not a project. The truth is, it really applies in every relationship, including a teacher and student, a Talmud and a Rebbe. People think that a Rebbe, you know, you, we say in Common Ground, the Rebbe was mashpia. The Rebbe influenced them and t- turned this Talmud into a brand new person, turned them into something else into something beautiful in the, in, in the tremendous thing. But the truth be told is the change happened within the Talmud itself. A true Rebbe basically knows how to bring out their potential, how to influence the right way, um, but doesn't change the essence of who the Talmud actually is. Just helps trigger and brings out the beautiful potential, potential in that Talmud to bring it out into actuality. And that's something that a husband and wife could do for each other. You can't change uh, them intrinsically, but by behaving the right way, communicating the right way, showing your love in a safe and vulnerable way, you allow your spouse, your husband or your wife to thrive and to become the best selves they can possibly be. But the idea is, though, is you cannot change them inherently. And there's some things that are there to stay that you need self-acceptance uh, about. And that's one important insight to know going into marriage and it's also important you say to know when you're ready in married in marriage to change your shifting a little bit if you thought differently and now think along those lines and it'll be a lot healthier. The truth is is every marriage has problems. Every marriage. And um and that there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea being though is the way we deal with it, the way we under, understand each other with it. And we notice, um, you know, we try to see the positive and work through things. Uh, One really big important thing as a quality before you get married and after you get married, if you want to get on the right track, is commitment. Commitment means it requires a certain emotional maturity. Sometimes there's sacrifices needed. Without commitment, a person will run away at the first hint of any type of marital struggle. They may want to run away literally, actually run out of the house, run out of the relationship, or figuratively, figuratively, they may just check out of the relationship. 
So that is a real key. And people who are married many years, even they need to look through some soul searching. And they feel if they were not showing that commitment early on, if they were not considered reliable, if they weren't always emotionally there for their husband or their wife, they could change it starting from today onward. They can make a decision. I will become now a committed person, a committed husband, a committed wife that is, um, and develop that emotional maturity to be loyal and faithful to my husband and to my wife. Another thing that's very, very important in every marriage is to have shared values. Now, Baruch Hashem, when we are B'nai Taira, we have HaKadosh Baruch who gives us the blueprint, the Taira, and that is very, very much our shared values. We have a shared value in what what it is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have a shared value what it is to daven, to learn, to do mitzvahs, and to do maizim taivim. Now, within Taira, you know, there's different views, different perspectives. So if a husband and wife has different perspectives within Taira itself, they talk about it, they work through it, and um, that is a very, very important thing, to be able to share values with one another and to have goals towards those values. Again, if you have this before your marriage and you have set up what your house would want to look like and the general hashkaf of it and you have the clarity, that's beautiful. But even if many of us, even after being married for a while, are still confused about that, are not clear about it, or we didn't live up to the values that we thought that we really would have been able to, to and, and we didn't. So now is the time to communicate with one another, start from the beginning, and recognize what your shared values are, and saying going forward, it won't happen maybe overnight, but going forward, we're going to conduct ourselves with our um, you know, behavior towards each other, and overall, um, our conduct, to be aligned with the shared values that we have in serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, uh, and serving each other the way Hashem wants us to serve each other. Another important aspect of marriage to set to reset your marriage for the success or to have it set like a tchila is to realize that it's a friendship. The reality is, is to develop that beautiful friendship that will stand no matter what. And even if you had a bad day, even if you had a bad day, you stick with your friends through and through. And there's no greater best friend than your own husband, than your own wife. And part of this friendship is a certain vulnerability. You should be able to be vulnerable with your husband or with your wife. And you could be able to be vulnerable to them without them feeling uh, a fear of being abused, of being ridiculed or being attacked because you're revealing the intimate parts of you, the deep parts of you. And in a true friendship, if there really, really is a true friendship, you don't embarrass and you don't look down and uh, on the other person's feelings, uh, even if they seem very different than yours or stronger than yours and you don't quite understand it. But that is where true intimacy is. You, that that friendship is that I'm with you no matter what. You could talk to me whenever you want. You could cry. You you look you could look at you could look your worst. You could look your best. I'm here for you, and I'm here for you. And that's the key idea of friendship, which a big part of that idea of friendship is vulnerability. And but the vulnerability means when you're sorry, when you hurt, when you hurt your husband and wife intentionally or unintentionally, you 
say you're sorry, you apologize. There needs to be a mutual trust with one another. There needs to be a certain respect with one another. That's another key of a healthy marriage that you could set, initially set or reset when you want to work on your marriage. Now, that reset button, by the way, doesn't make a difference. And I'll repeat it till it comes out of your ears, like fed up hearing it, but it's the truth, the absolute truth, nothing but the truth. They can marry, be married 10 years, 20 years, even 30 years. You do these to- to- tools, you can do work things around. And don't say, oh, I regret it because it hasn't been this way for decades. It doesn't mean it can't be beautiful now. Good communication is a big, big part of it. Good communication doesn't mean never arguing. That's not good communication. Good communication means that you're in a safe enough environment where you feel comfortable providing. Um, you know, you feel you feel in that safe um, environment with a good communication, and that that you're you're not afraid of sharing your perspective. You're not afraid of being attacked by your husband and wife who you're sharing this with. Part of this, of course, built into the two words called trust and called honesty. You have to be truthful, and honesty um, is being to be transparent with one another. And um, generally speaking, you know, this is a very, very big key. And when you, um, you know, when your children are in Shaduchim and you're working through the dating process with them, one real key, besides as many, many others, but one real key that's very important is, is whether the the you know that the potential person that is going to marry you the chasen kala or to be chasen to be kala do they have the ability to communicate in healthy ways if the answer is yes that they know they talk to each other they know have a certain language with one another they can communicate then there is uh, a potential for a great marriage if there is an inability or there's trouble with it you're already married then Sometimes you need the outside help. Sometimes you need some work with it. So the idea being is to communicate openly and freely and, uh, and to, to uh, give of each other as much as possible. Now, at the end of this year, I'm just going to bring up something interesting um, to know and to understand what is the difference between love and lust. And um, this is important in the early parts of marriage when you're very infatuated with one another in many of the cases. But even after you're married for a while, even for a long time, and it's important to know the difference between love and lust. It's a whole parsha uh, that requires uh, more detailed things. But here is in a nutshell what it is. If someone is... In lust, that means you, you basically you're at that point you're smitten. You believe that the the that girl, that boy, that cousin, Kala, the husband, wife, there's no fault in them whatsoever. They are absolutely perfect. When someone is in love, though, they do see flaws and they love him anyway, despite those flaws, because they love. They see the good qualities, but they also see the negative. And you know, sometimes um, you know, you have to really. Um, realize the superficiality of being in lust versus being in love. Another thing is very interesting that if you're in someone's in quote unquote lust, and then your partner doesn't dress up the way you want them to, 
didn't wear the skirt that you wanted them to wear. Didn't uh, want him to wear. Didn't wear the the, the suit you want him to wear. Or she didn't wear makeup today. Whatever it is, that really will be a making or breaking of 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 the marriage and the connection. If your focus is on the lust, if your focus is on the actual love, um, then. Um, it really doesn't make a difference. Of course, you always have to take care of your parents. That's a separate issue. But if you didn't, you didn't, you had a bad hair day or whatever you want to call it, um, and uh, or you, whatever reason uh, you weren't, you know, you you can't get um, dressed nicely that particular day. Whatever the reason is, is no difference. You love each other. You talk to each other. You relate to each other, and that's something important. Another difference is, is if in if you're in lust, then sex is the priority. That is what everything revolves around. That's the bottom line. While if you're in love, there is sex too, yes. But there is, like we mentioned, five other types of intimacies, types of connections. Uh, and that is the key, really, of that, of those, of that thing. And the next thing also it's important to know is that when someone is in lust, they don't really share values. They don't share values with each other. When someone's in love, they actually share values with each other. There's a lot more to this subject. We only touched the tip of the iceberg of it, but we thought we'd mention this now also. So the kids are, in a nutshell, whether before a person gets married to give them this education, or even after marriage, no matter how long you could switch your perspective and have the right set tone so that you could have that reset that going forward things can be beautiful the idea is to accept the fact that you can't change your husband or wife you can influence them bring out their best selves but be accepting of what cannot be changed and um, to have commitment emotional maturity to be to have sacrifices that are some, sometimes needed in order to have that commitment and um to have shared values with one another, to have deep friendship with one another, certain loyalty with one another, and um, the idea also of a friendship, which is hard for people, is to be able to be vulnerable with your husband and wife uh, in a in a way in a normal, healthy way. And if you're sorry, you say you hurt. Uh, you know, you're sorry. If you hurt them, you say I'm sorry. And you, there's a mutual trust, there's a mutual respect, there's good communication, real key, there's trust between each other, there's honesty between each other. All this indicates, uh, you know, a beautiful, um, beautiful life and a beautiful marriage. May HaKadosh Baruch help that all of us should be zaycha to beautiful marriages. And if, even if things were not ideal up to this point, we could always set it back, we could always reset it a marriage for success. It's doubable, it's workable. And with HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us the cheshik to want to change, the cheshik for those small gifts of working day in and day out to make our marriages better, like planting seeds that ultimately will bring out beautiful, beautiful crops, beautiful, beautiful fruit. Hatzlach and bracha.